I'm a businessman, yes, I'm an entrepreneur. Oh, yeah. I'm a businessman, yes, I'm an entrepreneur. Oh, yeah. I'm a businessman, yes, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a businessman, yes, I'm an entrepreneur. Oh, yeah. Crystal Good afternoon, everyone. This is Gilbert Buchanan. Gilbert Buchanan along here with uh, Crystal, Crystal Mitchell. And uh, we want to welcome you back to the Business Zone. This is Friday, uh, July 29th. And this is our fourth show. And Crystal, we're loving this. This is great, isn't it? It is. And good afternoon, everyone. This is, as he said, this is our fourth show. And we've been having a great time. We're getting a lot of great responses from our audience and from everyone that's viewing the videos that are um, up on our YouTube channel. Uh, so glad to have you guys get back again. And excellent. We have... Excellent. Excellent. So today we're, we've got some great uh, some great things in store for you. We've got a, our topic today is uh, leveraging small business financing, and we've got a guest in the studio, which we'll we'll uh, introduce a little bit later on in the show. But uh, today we're going to talk about how small businesses can obtain financing. And uh, this, Crystal, this is your this is your your playground. You love financing. This is what you do. So. Uh, uh, you want to kick off and tell us a little bit about some of the challenges that you think small businesses have? Uh, yes, it is actually is my area of expertise. But before I go there, Gilbert, I want to kind of do a recap of what's been going on for this last past week for myself. Oh, yes. Um, last week we had, um, or the week before, we had some kids on and some individuals that came from the NIFTY program, which mm. is the Network for Teaching Entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. And so we kicked off our camp on Monday. But prior prior to that, my colleague and I, Rhonda Santiford, we actually were at Nifty Camp, Nifty University, right. and we spent four days becoming certified Nifty teachers. So wow. I am now a certified Nifty All teacher. All right, congratulations! Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> and uh, so camp kicked off on Monday. Uh -huh. We have. 31 incredible, I mean, I can't even tell you how incredible these children are. Wow. From the ages of nine years old to 18. Amazing. And they all have their business ideas that are like awesome. Amazing. Just awesome ideas. I mean, camps for kids with weight issues, magazines for plus size, plus size teenagers. Wow. Um, I think we have a couple of uh, individuals, m mobile apps, one for finding and locating shoe sizes nine and above. Mm -hmm. um, you just name it. These businesses, uh, a, a, a job site for kids under the age of 12. Oh, wow. And then there's one kid, she's going to do a, a driving service that will pick the kids up and oh, take wow. them to their job so their parents won't have to do it. Amazing. So, so it's like miniature entrepreneurs out there. Huh? These are miniature <laughs> entrepreneurs that we're that we're actually getting ready to uh, put into the workforce and wow. in the entrepreneurial world. They're excited. This camp is 10 days. It's intensive. And they're there from 8 o'clock in the morning to, or from 8.30 in the morning to 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Wow. And it's like a work day. So 9 o'clock we start teaching. Then we do activities. Then they go to work on their business plan. And then from there I do other activities. They get up. They do their elevator pitches. Uh, so when I left there today, we, um, we were doing um, – they had to take a candy bar and they had to create a marketing 
uh, strategy and approach for it. Oh, and wow. then they I love did that. their jingle. That's why I was running a little behind because I, I was that. trying to hear all of them. <laughs> they uh, we went to the. Um, Junior Achievement Finance Park yesterday. So they learned about budgeting and finances. And so the overall consensus for the kids were don't have children because they cost too much. (laughs) Don't get married because that costs too much. (laughs) Don't have a broke man or woman Uh because that costs too much. (laughs) College is too expensive. (laughs) And the overall was... Is very hard, and everything about being an adult is hard. Oh, my Lord. So they came up with all of that all by themselves? All by themselves. That was the overall consensus of the financial park. So now they understood. They were going back to hug their moms and dads because they realized that mom and dad, is that's a tough job oh, wow. to take care of children that need everything. That's amazing. So um, they had a great time. We took them on a shopping um tour down in the alley on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. So tomorrow afternoon over at the Urban League at 3450 Mount Vernon Drive, there is going to be a sale day. They actually all bought products. They're going to price it. They're doing their marketing for their tables and they're going to sell their products. That's pretty intense. That's pretty intense. They received their investment of $25 to go out and buy their product. So tomorrow they're going to come back and they're going to pay, um, uh, uh, reimburse their investor for the $25 loan that they received, and hopefully they will have made a profit based upon how they're going to price it. That is amazing, Chris. So you're doing a great job with those kids. That's phenomenal. So we're excited, and next Friday they will have their business plan completed by Wednesday, and then Thursday and Friday, they uh, Wednesday, Thursday, they will be practicing, and on Friday, they're going to be in a competition for $500 cash prize. I certainly would love to come by and uh, try to see what I can add to the flavor, you know, perhaps Monday or something like that. Yeah, we need coaches. We need plenty of coaches to come out. Next week is going to be intense day, so anybody that have any business marketing or financials or just help the kids get their presentation together. Even helping them make sure they deliver a great presentation would be helpful. So we need coaches. So I'm I'm putting a call out to all my colleagues out there. Come by on our volunteer time for these incredible 31 kids. You will walk away, and it will be the mo- a really rewarding time for I'll, you. I'll definitely come by uh, on Monday, Monday afternoon. Okay, so. that'll be fantastic. Yeah. We will love that. So that brings us down to financing. That's what so, I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things, as we just talked about, business plans. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the first thing is yeah. understanding what your product is uh-huh. and why you're doing that product. And as I was telling the kids today, you can create, if you don't know who your target market is, mm-hmm. and one of the things we talked about today was doing the market research because if someone's going to invest in your business they need you to they need to know and feel confident that, that you, you know, know your market that you know your market exactly because you can't sell anything without that market that's true right that is true. so um what i found in my experience is that a lot of our businesses don't do business plans I say they get into business by default. Yeah. And the thing about it, they do have a business plan, Crystal. In their head. (laughs) Business plan is up here. It's in their head. It's in their head. In la cabeza. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and it's all kind of jumbled up there. They they kind of of throw it out there as they go. They're flying by the seat of their pants. Oh, yes. And uh, (laughs) so when it is fine, if 
the market is good. It's wonderful if uh, the economy is great because mm-hmm. they probably can break even. Yeah. They're not making a profit, but they're probably breaking even. But don't let there be some kind of crises. Woo. Don't let there be some sort of threat. Or over. don't let the market crash like it did 10 years ago. <laughs> it's over. And it's done. Yes. They're over. It's, yes. it's over and done with. So I would probably say that the biggest uh, thing that I see with some of the businesses I dealt with is uh, not really having a clear focus of where they're going and how they're going. They have a product. They love doing what they do. But the business foundation is not strong and the structure is not there. And so um, when it comes to going looking for capital to grow their business, that becomes an issue. It makes it difficult. It makes a big difference. Because they cannot demonstrate that they're making a profit. Uh, or it's a good investment because lenders are looking at, you know, risk factor. They're looking at, okay, how is this risk going to be minimal to what I'm putting into this business? They want to make sure that the risk isn't that great. Exactly. Banks call it risk averse. Right. Exactly. (laughs) They want to know it's risk averse. So, you know, small businesses need to understand that. And uh, uh, we call the financial aspect of your business the vital signs. Yes. If the vital signs are not there, uh, you know, you don't have a pulse, you're dead. Your you're business dead. is dead. <laughs> you're dead. And, and, and trying to figure it out after and when it's right in the middle of the crisis, yes. you know, it's very hard. You can't get into it. And and I guess the reason that we're, we're doing this show is because we knew, realized that a lot of our businesses that are in business already, it's hard for them to come out to the workshops and the and the and the uh, seminars and the although it's necessary, yeah. it definitely is something that you should be doing. Right. Um, we even talked to the kids today about that. Um, having a network, a team of people mm-hmm. that you can reach out to yeah. that you don't have to do it all yourself. Right. It's very, very important. Right. And then having a network of, of customers that could be potentially there through 60 degrees of separation from yeah. the people in your network. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so working solo in a business and your head down in it you're not going to help it, it doesn't help you no. so um and so this the show the purpose of the show was to be able to hopefully get the at least information out to them on on the airways yeah. and then they can see the value of them coming to us for workshops and classes and and, and having mentors and and coaches in order to be able to grow their businesses excellent excellent and with that being said, Crystal, what I'd like to do is to just remind our audience what this show is all about. This is the Business Zone. And this is a business zone and that a business program, a supply diversity program, where entrepreneurship, business opportunity, supply diversity come together to create opportunities for small businesses. And that's what we do here. We try to help you, the small business, so you can become business ready, contract ready, and bank loan ready. We also want to give out our phone number today. It's 323-293-3375. That's 323-293-3375. When our guest comes on the air today, you guys are going to have a whole lot of questions for him. And uh, he's going to tell you guys a lot about lending and financing. So that's going to be amazing. So, uh, Crystal, uh, with that being said, uh, did you want to go ahead and uh, introduce, introduce our guest? Our and guest? Welcome <laughs> our guest. Yes, I will love to. His name is Richard pa- pa- Pala. 
Palais? Palais. Palais. Mr. Palais. 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 Mr. Palais. He's got that French name. (laughs) (laughs) And he is an SBA 7 Community Advantage Business Developer, Development Officer at CDC Small Business Finance. Uh, Mr. Palais is a business development banker, complemented by his experience in financial investment vehicles, insurance, and home mortgages. Richard has more than 30 years of business and financial experience. Uh, his integrity and strong people skills have garnered him, garnered him many long-lasting profitable relationships with a vast array of businesses ranging from small to multi-million dollar entrepreneurs. He believes his passion to serve others coupled with his financial background qualifies him to find the right solutions and strategies to meet the needs of his most discerning clients. So we want to welcome you, Mr. Palais, and thank you for joining us. And I am sure you are going to um, gift us with so much wisdom and tips. Welcome to the show, (laughs) Mr. Palais. Well, thank you, Gilbert and Crystal. I'm saying your names in the order in which I'm looking at you, Gilbert first, and then Crystal, no no disrespect to you, Crystal, being a lady here with us. Thank you. I certainly appreciate the opportunity to be here, and I'm excited to be able to share with our audience. You mentioned about supplier diversity, so that tells me we have a diverse audience in which we're trying to provide information to, and it's a wonderful opportunity to be here to share. Thank you. Thank you. So welcome to the show. And uh, Pretty much what we want to find out today, we just want to know what are some of the things that small businesses need to do prior to coming to your organization looking for loans? Because you offer loans for small business as well as um, mortgages, correct? Uh, mortgages, not our organization. Uh, CDC Small Business Finance, we only do small business lending. Excellent. I have experience in mortgage lending, but as far as this company, it is just a small business. Excellent, name. excellent. Small we, business loans. We want, to make clear, we want to make that very clear to the businesses out there. So tell us some of the things that small businesses need to do prior to coming in and rec- applying for a loan. Sure. I definitely want to thank Crystal for the information on the NIFTY program. Uh Uh-huh, the NIFTY program. uh, NIFTY, because one thing you pointed out is a business plan. Yes. Uh, What I tell people is faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's nice to have faith. It's nice to believe, oh, I really believe this is going to work. Right. But we're also told that uh, write the vision and make it plain so that others may see it and run with it. Yes, exactly. If you don't write it down, nobody knows what exactly you're talking about, where you plan on going with your business and how you're going to get there. It's your vehicle. Yes. Right? It's your car. It's nice to have a car. But if you don't have the keys, right, you can't drive the car. So the keys are what is it going to take to get that car to move? That business plan tells me this is my vehicle. This is where I want to go. I definitely want to talk to the young person that's going to do the app on how to find shoes. Okay. over size 9, 9 to 12, I wear yes. 13, and shocked when I went to Macy's and found out, oh, we don't carry anything over 9. I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm 6 feet tall, so what are the size of the people you're typically serving that it's not profitable to serve me? That's just right. a side little, note. Little people. <laughs> exactly, exactly. 
<laughs> you know, so certainly it's a business plan, and I don't know how far you want to go with the question, Gilbert. You let me know um, what else you want to know. But I want to say let's start with the business plan. Okay. As okay. Crystal has already pointed out, we can go over components of that business plan as Crystal has already started us on that path. Right. Um, but it definitely starts there. Okay. So that's great. So now that we know that they need a business plan, mm-hmm. when they bring that business plan to you, what are some of the key areas within the plan that you look for? One thing I'm looking for uh, in that business plan is, what do we say before? It's the vehicle that's going to move your business forward. Mm-hmm. Well, the first thing I want to know is who's the driver? Mm-hmm. Right. Who is going to drive this business? Who's going to be the person that's going to say, this is the direction that we want to take the business? Mm-hmm. What is the background experience of that driver? Right. Uh, did you decide that you're starting this business? You, you thought, you know what? My family has said the cupcakes I make every Christmas are so wonderful that I should sell them. Mm. (laughs) Well, Mm -hmm. if that's your only experience, and that's wonderful when you're 12. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely wonderful when you're 12 (laughs) to just have those cupcakes and sell those cupcakes and take your $25 investment and and make it grow. Your market doesn't have to be that large. Uh, It it absolutely (laughs) does not. Uh, But when we're talking about more formal businesses, I want to know, what was your thought process in terms of my experience says that I should be able to do something like this? Mm -hmm. So let's start there. Let's start with who are you? Mm-hmm. Why should I believe that you, ma'am, sir, are going to be successful in starting this particular business? I'm not saying you can't be a business owner. Right. I'm saying this particular business. Tell me about you mm-hmm. in writing. Right. That's great. Right. That's great. Right. And then once they tell you a little bit about themselves, you see their history, you see their capacity, their capability, then you might want to know a little bit about the product or service they're offering, right? Absolutely. Okay. Now that I know about you, thank you, Gilbert. Now that I know about you, I want to know about the product. How was the product developed? And the product does not have to necessarily be a manufactured product. It could be an online business. Mm-hmm. Look at Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. They don't own any of the products. They're just a purveyor of someone else's products. It's just a a place in which you can buy and sell, a market space, right? Exactly. So you can actually have a business that way. So what is it that you want to sell? What is it that you want to market to a broader audience? Following that, and it sounds like what you want me to just kind of go through it, so I'll just take the path and go through it. Now that I know what your product is and why you believe this product is going to sell, now my question to you is, and I'm sure both of you have watched Shark Tank at least once in your oh, life. Yes, yes. I think they're up to 10 seasons now, and I've heard people when I've asked audiences, how many watch Shark Tank? And some people say, oh, I hate Shark Tank. <laughs> you know, it's all just dramatics and it's all TV. Well, what I share with audiences, pay attention to Shark Tank. Mm-hmm. A question that you're constantly hearing is customer acquisition costs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And who are your customers? Oh, right. yes. Exactly. They want to know if you have a product, who's the audience that's going to possibly buy your product versus someone else who may carry the very same product. And is there a need for that product? <laughs> <laughs> and, is it, and, is, and that's what we talked about this week with the kids. Is that's the first thing we started with is uh, the problem. Is it a problem or an unmet need, need. Mm-hmm. that your problem, your product is going to satisfy? Yeah. Because a lot of people just, you know, they think there's a great idea. Oh, this is a great idea. I need it. Yeah. 
them personally, yes. but does everyone else need it? Is exactly. it something, some, is it going to solve anybody else's problem? <laughs> Got to solve a pain. Got to <laughs> solve, solve a pain. pain. Somebody. <laughs> and once we've established that, okay, I can solve a pain, I do have an audience that wants that particular product, yeah. how will you reach that audience? Mm-hmm. What is it going to cost you, and they talk about this on Shark Tank, customer acquisition costs. Mm-hmm. Now that you've identified your audience, mm-hmm. what is it going to cost you to get to them, to reach out to them, to mm-hmm. say, I'm available to, to do a transaction with you for a product that I've identified that you need? Right, exactly. Do you have a social media campaign? Who's putting that campaign together? Mm-hmm. Are you the end-all, be-all in your business? Right, or have exactly. you hired a few smarter people? <laughs> or are you enlisting the services, possibly through the internship, right? Right, right. Who can help you? Uh, my children are wonderful at social media, so I'm constantly telling them, okay, help Dad set up a Facebook uh, right. just for what I do. <laughs> what do you mean? Hashtag, underscore, what is that? Tell me about that. Help right, me. exactly. In fact, you could hire your kids. That's going to be your first. Just do that because that's what they do. Well, right, yeah. so they could be hired right. to do that, and, and but yeah, but the, but with that though, it's, it's interesting. There are a lot of my clients that just are so adverse to social media, it frightens them. But instead of going out to find out about it, uh, not knowing that it is probably an incredible, valuable tool, uh, I was we were talking about that in class today. Finding when you're out looking for your research data, the analytics. And the analytical reports that you can get as a result of social media, it could take you months to yes. do that manually. And right. it has for those of us who have been in business right. over 30 years. Right. Oh, I mean, yeah. you had to do that through census, right. the census That's data. Right. Right. Now, you, Gilbert and I, we just marvel for our first show. Yeah. I, I put it on Facebook. I boosted it for some um I think a total of thirty dollars, mm-hmm. okay. and it reached fourteen thousand eight hundred and eighty-six people. Fourteen thousand. Wow! Can you imagine in, <laughs> in seven days. Okay. In seven days. Wow. So behind that is an analytical report. Yes. I know exactly who those fourteen thousand people were, okay. where what regions they came from, mm-hmm. um, the age, the gender. Uh, the income. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just kind of gives you all the information that you need. Yeah. So instead of being adverse to the face to Facebook yes. and Google and and uh, Instagram and all of that, you need to use them because yep. it is a way, and you can play with it. It yes. doesn't. What, what's a few pennies? You can yes. you can you set your budget. So if five dollars is your budget, right. that's a good place to start to yes. find out exactly how many people are you reaching, if nowhere else than Facebook. Yeah, all right. That's a good point. That's an excellent point. And may I add, or may I ask, Crystal, these were not all your friends, right? These weren't 14,000 of personally known oh, friends. No, no oh. I, I probably fall short like 10,000. <laughs> <laughs> so social media helped you make new friends. They helped me make new okay. friends, exactly. I've had many people that have reached out to me on um, LinkedIn. Okay. That have asked me um, to to connect because they've seen my profile and and wanted us to do business together. But it's a great way for another class I teach at Mount Sac. That's one of the la- uh, it's a um, a twelve week program that I teach accounting and bookkeeping to uh, young um, to individuals that are coming through the uh, gain program, the welfare to work oh, program. Wow. And the last part of the course, that's what I teach them is to build their LinkedIn profile mm-hmm. because that is another 
another way of making sure that you're connecting to people yes. and seeing people that you already know out there, but you may have lost contract, yes. contact yes. with, yes. and they could be your next employer. Yes. Or they could work for someone and they can vouch for you because you worked with them in a, in a, yes. in a previous employment. Yes. Um, so, uh, But no, that wasn't all of my friends and it wasn't all of Gilbert's <laughs> friends. These were total strangers which whom, whom we hope will become friendly. Right, right, right. We're, we're hoping. We're hoping. And I noted, Crystal, that you said you use LinkedIn, which typically, uh, from as I've used LinkedIn, it's a professional place to, yes. to look for people and to put information. So I'm not talking so much about my hobbies. Is that correct? Right. You're not talking about ho- your hobbies. Uh, and I think even without it, it's said, but mm-hmm. even without it being having to be repeated, most people know that's not the place to say that I went for a walk with my dog <laughs> uh, or I was hanging out at the park. Okay. You, everything generally in that space is very, is professional yeah. and has something to do with your business because that is is your re- is that's your professional resume right there yeah. online Absolutely. so you're careful about who you are becoming friendly with yes. and who you are connecting yes. with because you yes. want to make sure it's on the right platform because other people are viewing you all the time there to see who you are that's your now resume yes. and your Absolutely. vitae and it's all online so the more accurate and the more up-to-date it is is it's for your betterment so as you keep adding on your accomplishments, and then you get people to interact with you. A lot, a little bit easier, I think, than Facebook. Okay. Uh, when I put up last week that I become a nursing certified teacher, I have been receiving. Oh, we got a call. Okay. Hi. Hello, caller. How are you today? Hello, caller. Are you there? Hello. Hi. How are you? Uh, what's your name, and where you're calling from? Hi, um, my name is Samaya, and I'm calling from the Biz Camp. Okay, you said Shamaya? Yes. How do you spell that, Shamaya? S. Oh, I'm good. Oh, okay. Uh, um, it, it, it's, it sounds like you got, your radio, you got your radio on or your computer? The computer there at the camp. Shamaya, this is from, from the biz camp. Hi, sweetie. You have a, you have a question? Can, can, you, can you hear us? Yes, yes, I can. Yeah, go ahead with your question, please, Amaya. Well, I really don't have a question. I would just like to thank Miss Crystal for all that she has done for us, and I um, really appreciate her for that. And I just, like, I'm really interested when she's teaching us, and it's very fun. Oh, excellent, excellent. That That is good. That is good. Crystal, you want to say hi to Samaya? Hi, Samaya. How are you? Are you guys watching the show? Are you watching the show? <laughs> Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Are you guys watching the show? Yes. Yes, we are. Okay. And you're behaving for Miss Rhonda? Yes. Yes, we are. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening, Samaya. We really appreciate that. And keep on listening. And make sure you get make sure you get ten of your friends to tune in. Also, okay. Okay. She actually has 31 friends right now tuning in. Well, tune in to all 31 of them. Have them have them listen, okay? Thank you, okay. sweetheart. I appreciate the wonderful accolades that you guys gave me that I really, really pre- treasure that. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, sweetie. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> 
So that's 31 of your 14,000. That's yeah. 31 of my 14,000. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I come with a lot of people right, behind there me. There you go. There you go. So, Mr. Pillay, we were talking Sir. about uh, loans, and we were talking about what does small businesses need to do in order to get ready for a loan when they're looking for small business financing. So we talked about the business plan. We talked about making sure that your market analysis uh, is done. And also having an idea what products or services you're offering and make sure that you can actually demonstrate or articulate what that product does and what type of pain it's solving in the marketplace. And that's a necessary pain that's needed, right? Right. So now the next phase of this, I'm sure you probably want to see some financial statements. So what type of financial statements do you want from small business owners? Just in between the financial statements, as we've identified that we can solve a pain, mm -hmm. when we talked about customer acquisition, just going to take it one step back and then we're okay. going to go two steps forward uh, okay. really, really quickly. No problem. As we step backwards and recognize that we can solve a pain, oftentimes when I get business plans as a part of the financial package, mm -hmm. people put fancy graphs uh -huh. and charts in mm -hmm. from Excel, which is wonderful. Mm -hmm. But there's something called sales assumptions. Right. When you give me that fancy chart, I need to know the background. How did you get there? Mm -hmm. We talked about customers. What is it going to cost you to acquire that customer? Mm -hmm. or what's the expense to maintain that customer? What is the expense to keep your doors open if you're in a retail space? Right. If you're in your home, maybe you have home expenses. Is, is there anything that you have to buy or, or use in order to purvey that product, in order to make sure convey that product out to your customer. So I want to know the sales assumptions. What are your activities every day now that you're talking about those expenses? And you know where all that's going before I get to financials? It's in your projections. Mm. Once you realize what it costs you mm -hmm. to put your product to market and mm -hmm. get your customer to say, I want to buy that product, right. you've now transacted a sale. You now have revenue. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Yeah. But in the projections, how quickly are you going to get revenue? Mm -hmm. Right. You may bake the cupcakes today and be ready to take them to market, but it may be three days before your first customer comes and buys a cupcake. And what strategy are you using to reach out to that customer? Absolutely. To get a sale? Absolutely. So I want those projections. From those projections, then those numbers should feed into your profit and loss. Mm. This is what my product is. This is what my cost of goods sold are. Mm -hmm. So it's that first, that sale, then mm -hmm. the cost of goods sold from that sale. Mm -hmm. Now I have my, my uh, gross revenue. Yeah. Now I may have employee expenses. I have my phone bill. And today it's direct TV right, and internet. Exactly. And right, exactly. So after I pay all my internet providers and my TV and everything I use to get to that customer, my bottom line is what? That's my profit. And that's a very good point you just brought up right now because I'd like to share this with some of our listeners out there. A number of them have asked us about cost of goods sold. What is cost of goods sold? Can you really tell them a little bit about that, what a cost of goods sold is? What you want to look at when you're looking at cost of goods sold, you want to look at the direct expenses for your product. Those other expenses that we mentioned, that's part of your operating cost. But mm -hmm. the direct expense to either make or distribute that particular product, those are your costs of goods sold. Excellent. Excellent. So small businesses out there, entrepreneurs, that's exactly what this is all about. And what we're going to do right now, we're going to come right back to Mr. Palais, but we're going to take a quick break, two-minute break right here. So let's go to break.
And we are back. You are here at the, uh, the Business Zone with Crystal and Gilbert, and we're having a wonderful conversation with Mr. Parlay on what you need to do in order to be financially loan-ready uh, to grow your business and bring in the, the capital that you need to access um, but you need to be prepared before that happens. And so he, we're going to continue our conversation. Excellent. So, Mr. Pollay, we, we were talking a little bit earlier about cause of goods sold, which you gave us some excellent definition and description of what that is. I'm sure small businesses are going to love that because they really needed to know what cause of goods sold is. And also, cause of goods sold is also um, uh, hyphenated as COGS, C-O-G-S, which is the same thing as cause of goods sold. So um, so once they've gotten the cost of goods sold identified, what else do they need to do with regard to uh, getting ready for their loan? If we're assuming that all expenses are, are identified, so we have our COGS and then we have our operating expenses in the business, we've come down to our net revenue, picking up from where we were when we left for break, we want to recognize that when I'm looking at those projections, I want to know how long is it going to take you to break even. Mm. I just want to know you may run in the red for a while. Mm -hmm. It's not realistic, and this is very, very important for our listeners to realize mm -hmm. when you open your doors, you're not profitable from the first day, mm -hmm. even if you're Elon Musk. No. <laughs> that's good to know. And that's okay, right? <laughs> right, and that's okay. Because Elon Musk has, has figured out a system, right, that uh -huh. I will be profitable eventually. But as I'm working to make my business profitable, I have a means of income to sustain myself. Mm. As lenders, we want to know, we expect in your projections that you won't be profitable right from the beginning. Right. But how are you maintaining your business as you're working on becoming profitable? I've had phone calls where people have said, I have this idea for a business. I'm quitting my job tomorrow because it's going to require all of my energy <laughs> to make this business work. Mm -hmm. We want to remember we don't want to do that. Right. <laughs> we exactly. want to hold on to our secondary source of income after a business <laughs> as you're building your projections. What we like to see is that you expect to break even, meaning that your business is earning enough income after cost of goods sold and net operating costs that there's enough money for the business to start to sustain itself. Well, you're not using your secondary source of income to maintain your business. Now you're breaking even. And then from that point, you're actually generating a profit. And that's another good point, That another good term that you just brought up, break even. Uh, many small businesses, they need to know what break, is, break even is. So, Mr. Pale, if you can just define that a little bit for the listeners, what break-even is and how does one go about getting break, breaking even? It starts with the plan. It starts with understanding how much is it going to cost you mm -hmm. to create your product, mm -hmm. how much is it going to cost you to market your product, yeah. how much it's going to cost you to maintain wherever you are in your business. Mm -hmm. As you're doing that, you're going to... You need to have a plan of how am I going to increase my sales to eventually cover all those costs. Because in the beginning, your product, you may have sold one product that cost you $3. You sold it for 5 but with that $2, now you're paying for everything else that you have to do. Mm -hmm. You have to pay for your phone bill. You have to pay for your it's Internet. Fixed costs. Maybe it's, it's delivery costs yeah. or whatever. So you're paying for those fixed expenses. Mm -hmm. So over time, you want to generate enough sales where all of your fixed costs are paid, mm -hmm. all of your COGS are paid, and now you have extra money left over discretionary income, mm -hmm. a.k.a profit. Mm -hmm. Sounds good to me. Sounds good. Excellent. So then, so now that we've taken care of the cogs and we've taken care of our break even, we want to make sure that we break it, at least break even. Now, if the business is breaking even for three years, 
and that's what they have in their projection. How does that look to you? We don't want a business to be flat. Uh, and let me explain flat to, to your point, Gilbert. The business has broken even for three years. So he's riding steady, which is good because mm-hmm. you told me three years. Okay, yeah. so you've been around a while. Yeah. But I would also say you've plateaued. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You've gotten to the place where, sure, you're breaking even, but you're not really making any money because mm-hmm. all you're doing is paying for itself. That's when you begin to ask, is this really worth it? And we're going to ask the same thing. If you've been doing this for three years, mm-hmm. how long will you continue to be engaged only breaking even, never having any extra money to grow your business. Because what we ideally want as lenders, we want to see that you have a plan for growth mm-hmm. to create jobs. Right. 54% of the American economy is supported by small business, mm-hmm. not big companies. We appreciate Xerox. We appreciate uh, Google and mm-hmm. Microsoft, all of those. And we can name so many. All of them are wonderful. They do not carry America. It's our small businesses that carry America. So you want to make sure that what they're doing in actuality is not really a hobby. It's a business. Yes. Because if your business is not making a profit, then it's a hobby. Yes. And if, it, if it's making some profit, then we want to make sure that next year we're going to make a little bit more. Yes. And that yes. should be part of our plan. And, it, and in that, Gilbert, I'm making more money. What does that mean? That that word that everyone hates, taxes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but what did it, Ross Perot say? That if you're making money and you're paying taxes, that means you're making money. <laughs> that's right. right? That's, that's the, it goes along with the territory yes, of it. Yes, it certainly does. So, something you said, Richard, um, and a lot of smaller businesses that are trying to parlay up to that next business, or that next level, um, and some of them are really confused about how they get there. How do they actually... If they've they're gotten if they plateaued, so how do they move into that next level, especially when capital is part of that equation? Mm-hmm. Here's what's interesting at that particular point in your business. That's when I call on people who are smarter than me. Okay. Because mm-hmm. if I've operated successfully enough, and using Gilbert's example, Crystal, of uh, being in business for three years, right. obviously I figured and figured out enough. To, rem- to sustain, which is good. We want mm-hmm. you to sustain. Now you bring in people who are smarter than you who can help you operate on your business rather than in your business. Right. Because obviously if you're breaking even for three years, you know how to operate in your business. You've gotten that down pat and we're Ex- very happy that you did. Right. But bring in some smarter people who can now look at your business to see things that you didn't see. Mm-hmm. Is your signage attractive in that it's bringing in other customers besides those who are just within the one mile radius of your business? Mm -hmm. Is your social media campaign reaching enough audience members? I'm just making up random ideas. Because every business is going to require a different strategy. But Mm -hmm. the idea is how do you you figure out how to go beyond your steady audience that's keeping you at that break-even point? I want to go beyond that. What do I need to do to break that threshold? That's when you bring in smarter people. Like to call them resources. Mm -hmm. Right? I'm not saying investors. I'm not saying, okay, I'll give you this money in order right. to get you to grow because all they did was give you money. Yeah. Right. Yes, money does answer all things, but you want to use it properly so that the answer is yes when you want that money versus no, you're still not ready. Okay. hope that answers the question. Yeah, Excellent. that does. Um, you know, in today's world, like, with there's so much growth going on in Los Angeles, and, mm-hmm. and everybody's trying to figure out where they fit in this new equation. Inglewood <laughs> is going to be huge uh, once the train is up, finished here on Crenshaw and so many opportunities for new businesses to start up. Um, 
who may have been operating very small. They may have been in their home-based businesses, but this might be the time to break out and say, okay, I need to be visible. I need to be in a brick and mortar. Are there uh, vehicles, uh, financial vehicles that can help them get there? Absolutely. This ties back to what you mentioned earlier, Crystal, about those who are operating at the break-even point. They're um, have an idea that they can make this business work. Now they want to grow. Now we're going all the way backwards because we're going back to, I shouldn't say all the way backwards, but we're going back to the financial statements. Mm -hmm. You want to look at those expenses. You want to see, am I making a profit beyond break even? Mm -hmm. Because remember, you were breaking even, to your example, in your home. In your home, right, in your home. (laughs) Now (laughs) it's time to sit down again and say, okay, let me recalculate this new strategy. Right. If I'm going to have leases now, what's my lease cost going to be? Mm -hmm. Depending on where I'm leasing, Is there going to be any additional expense? Am I going to have to pay for my customers to park in the lot in the building Mm -hmm. next to me? Are the customers going to have to pay for parking on the street? Mm -hmm. Will they be welcome to that fact because your product is so great, I'll pay that meter a dollar for a half hour, depending on where you're located? Exactly, exactly. You may get away with an hour, depending on where you're located. You mentioned Crenshaw. So for a dollar, you could probably park for an hour. Mm -hmm. But can I give that customer such a great experience that they're going to be willing to pay that dollar and come into my business? So now you want to look at before you move out, what are the expenses going to be? Mm-hmm. What is the cost, these expenses, these costs? What's, what's going to happen right. as I move? Right. If you're moving into a space, are you going to need shelving? Mm-hmm. Are you going to need new lighting? Are you going to need the plumbing right. updated? Uh, here in this area, we have a lot of older buildings. Right. Did the current owner, who's usually an absentee owner, right. is everything right. up to code? Oh, right, yeah. exactly. Because the county, in, in some of these older areas, the county has not been out in a long time right. to know. And I'm finding out from contractors that this year alone, there have been many new building code changes. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? And when I found that, I'm like, oh, my goodness. I wonder how many owners know that, that yeah. it may be time to take a look at the electrical again. It may be mm-hmm. time to look at the plumbing again. Yeah. Maybe time to look at, uh, are you able? ADA compliant in your building. Right. So j- just some thoughts. Yeah, some thoughts. And then so, um, because we are in such a growth period oh, right yeah. now, and oh, there's yeah. so many great opportunities out there, mm-hmm. but really able to help our business owners get in a position that they can take advantage of those opportunities. That's true. So now we've talked about um, the, the P&L, the profit mm-hmm. and loss. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at um, items on there, but that's one financial statement. So what other financial statement would you like to see you know, before you feel comfortable with uh, a, a borrower? I'm also going to look at their balance sheet. Mm-hmm. I, I want to see what have you invested when you think about uh, owner's equity? Mm-hmm. What have you put into the business? Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times uh, in places I've spoken at or phone calls I've received from customers who went to the bank and the bank just flat out said, oh, you're a startup. I don't want to work with you. So then they call me and say, well, Um, I'm starting a business, I have this great idea, I have experience in it, Mm -hmm. and I'd like to get 100% financing. Hmm. So I'm bringing up the balance sheet because when I ask you for your balance sheet, I'm trying to figure out, did you invest anything in your business? If you don't have skin in the game, if you have invested in your own business, guess what? Why should I? Exactly. I don't want to take the risk. I want you to take the risk, Mr. Lender. <laughs> and, or Mr. Investor. Or Mr. Investor. <laughs> it was my idea. Why I got to have right. I, That yeah. was my rest. That was my, my sweat idea. equity. <laughs> I, I did my part. I got my idea. 
<laughs> my sweat equity was coming up with this idea. I, I I'm invested. Idea. You know how many hours it took me to develop this idea? Right, exactly. Doesn't count for anything? Uh, unfortunately, not in my environment. <laughs> you should be happy I'm coming to your bank looking for a loan. <laughs> oh, and let's not forget those that say, but I've been banking with you for all these years. You have all of my deposits. Why won't you give me 100% financing on my business idea? Wow. So, well, I'm going to talk on that because, you know, as of late um, with the uh, the Black Lives uh, Matter mm-hmm. movement um, and some of the, the the campaigning has been change your chain, move your or put money in a black bank. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to uh, uh, at Broadway Federal. That's where recycling. I'm the co-director of Recycling Black Dollars. Oh, excellent. And um, about. Nine, in 1996, we actually had a change bank day, and we moved over $7 million of new depositors into Broadway Federal and also One United Bank, uh, those being the black banks in, in Los Angeles, community banks. And so now we're back there at that, this space again. Mm-hmm. And so I had gone to a couple of meetings for um, Black Money Matters, and um, one of the things they were all saying, we're going to move our put money in a black bank. And then my thought was, well, wait a minute. It's um, about a relationship with your bank. Because so many people come to us and, and, and in my workshops and classes, oh, I need money to start my bank. Okay, have you, have my business, uh, or to grow my business, have you gone to your bank? My bank? Yeah, you're supposed to have a relationship with your bank. If you've been banking at that, it's not about just depositing your money in that bank. <laughs> it's about having a relationship. Yes. You should know the bank manager yes. the, of, of your branch. You should have sat down and, and worked out a strategy as to where you want to be and where you want to go. Yes. And they look like, really? <laughs> really? I'm supposed to have done that? Uh, that would be the first thing. Why would you go to a bank right. that don't know you? Right. This one has a, a, a history of you. If you've been yes. there for more than five to ten years, yes. they know who you are based yes. upon your money. money. Yes. But they needed to know who you are as the person that the human being, yes. the business involved. So what would what's your yes. thoughts on that? I, I would absolutely agree with the comments you've made in, in terms of having a banking relationship. Mm-hmm. It's more than just you have my checking account, my savings account, and a credit card. I need to know who you are. I've worked for a bank, the one with the little horse in the carriage. Right. I, I've worked there. I, I realize I use different uh, corporation names. I'm not sure if that's okay. Yeah, just yeah that's fine. It is. Okay. Yeah. So I, I've worked for Wells Fargo. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm thankful for Broadway Federal, by the way. Broadway Federal is who financed our church right. over 40 years ago. And that's uh, the only one, really at one point, the only bank that was financing that churches. That's really one correct. of the reasons that they're in existence was absolutely. because churches could not go to any other bank to get financing. Absolutely. So we mm-hmm. certainly appreciate them and One United Bank for what they're doing in our community mm-hmm. in a place that looks like us for us. For us, right. But recognizing that sometimes the needs go beyond the banks that we own and right, we need exactly. the larger banks. We do need to have relationship. Relationship is critical. To your point, know the branch manager. I worked at, at uh, Wells Fargo and I've had people say, well, the banker I had has moved. Well, that's okay. Thank you, Crystal, for mentioning. It's important to know the branch manager. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The rotation of the branch manager is going to be a little slower mm-hmm. than the bankers. That mm-hmm. branch manager is going to have more of a knowledge base about the bank mm-hmm. and the branch manager is going to have the authority to make some of the decisions that you would like made regarding your relationship right, exactly. with them and when it's time to grow uh-huh. that relationship 
which may mean lending beyond the credit card. Right, exactly. Uh, Wells Fargo is actually one of the sponsors for uh, Recycling Black Dollars. Oh, excellent. We have a number of um, One United, uh, yeah, One United Bank, uh, Broadway Federal, as well as um, U.S. Bank. Okay, um, excellent. And Union Bank. Okay. They all have been supportive of, of, of Recycling Black Dollars since our existence. Right. And so we're very, very appreciative of their right. support in, in right. the efforts that we are of bringing our business owners together to connect and making sure that our dollars create uh, economic empowerment. We got work to do. Right, but, right. You know, the thought is there. <laughs> right. <laughs> the consciousness is definitely there. Right, right. <laughs> and I appreciate you because you're starting with the children. Yes. You're teaching the children. I, I love what you shared earlier. This nifty program is fantastic. Uh, in that, and this is what we as adults need to learn, I'm glad you're starting very early when it comes to investment and, and having a product. And what we want to remember is it's not what you earn, it's what you keep. Right, So exactly. as we teach our young people, have a savings account. Mm-hmm. Have your business, sell your products, take 10% of it, put it in a bank account, pay yourself first. Right, exactly. Begin to save. So when you're ready to grow your business, you have reserve capital. Exactly. And you're ready to move forward. And I will be looking for that on the balance sheet, Gilbert. Very good. Very good. Well, we're here on the Business Zone with uh, Gilbert Buchanan, the small business paramedic, along with Crystal Mitchell. And uh, we want to let our callers know that you can go ahead and give us a call if you want to discuss anything with regard to loan financing and how to apply for a loan, what you need to do, what you need to have in order to uh, become eligible for a loan. So our phone number today is 323-293-3375. That's 323-293-3375. And again, Mr. Palais is giving us some great information here. Uh, you know, I've been in this industry for over 20 years. I've dealt with a lot of small businesses. We've done cash flow management, but it's it's always New and refreshing to get new information from anyone, especially Mr. Pillay. Mr. Pillay has been in this industry for multiple years, and he's done some great work with the SBA and the, a lot of different organizations. Crystal has done some great work as well. Uh, her and I, we partner at the uh, Mount SAC, Mount San Antonio College, and she teaches uh, QuickBooks as well as payroll systems. And she's doing a phenomenal job over there. She has a hundred percent placement. I do. After those classes, a hundred percent placement. So you know she knows her stuff. She's on <laughs> top of her game. Excellent. So I just wanted to put that out there. <laughs> I, For all I, the naysayers. All the naysayers. <laughs> all, all of the folks who think that we had a little radio station, a little radio program. <laughs> just yeah. want to let you know. We're doing our thing. We, we, we're out here in the trenches. And, and, it, and, you know, it's a passion of mine. It's um, being that accounting and bookkeeping was the core of my my business when I first started out. Uh, so many of the businesses that I would go to uh, would be struggling, and the struggle was mainly because they were not maintaining their books. You, they had no idea or no clue how much money they were making, mm-hmm. and uh, so when they, you know, at the end of the month, they oh, I don't have any money. But why? Mm-hmm. You know, that means obviously all your receivables haven't come in. You haven't been on top of it. But if you were maintaining that and keeping financial records, then mm-hmm. you would have known that. It always baffles me when people go, 
I can't afford that. You can't afford not to have someone to come in and do your books because that's the most important part next to marketing because I think the two go together. If Absolutely. you have no marketing it's a budget, then Absolutely. what's the point of right. what are you counting? <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Yeah, some, some small businesses are, are amazing. It's, it's just like, let me get the product together. It's important to get the product. Uh, you don't, no one knows you have a product, then so therefore you have no money. Right. What the heck? Come people <laughs> yeah so so this is great this is excellent information on the information we're disseminating today is going to help you small businesses to become better business owners to become competent to become business ready and bank loan ready that's what we're trying to do for you so class is in session <laughs> now let's move on to mr Palay once again so we talked about two financial statements that he's looking for he's looking for your p l or your profit and loss statement, or your income statement. Mm -hmm. It's the same document. Mm -hmm. And he's also looking to see your balance sheet. Now, those documents, do you only want it for one year or for three years? You want a current year or, or three existing, three previous years? Speaking broadly, some institutions may ask for those for three years. Mm -hmm. Actually, the past years, I can actually find it in the schedules in your uh, tax returns. Mm. You oh, can locate okay. them there. Usually a Schedule M1 if your CPA right. or your bookkeeper is not filing that. You want to have them go ahead and file that because the nice thing is now you don't have to go back to your QuickBooks mm -hmm. and recreate that information right. that I'm going to say, oh, these were prepared on QuickBooks from you. Let me pull out your tax returns. I'm mm -hmm. going to validate any information you share on your tax returns. So let's make sure we have them in our tax returns. So tax returns is what I'm going to look for mm -hmm. from the past. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to the financial statements on your balance sheet and your profit and loss or your income statement, mm -hmm. I will want that for the current quarter. When you're applying for a loan, that can be aged, mm -hmm. that being the balance sheet and the profit and loss, mm -hmm. but it has to be within 45 days of your application. Mm, that's oh. very good to know. Okay. So that days. means I do need to, or that business owner, uh -huh. Madam Crystal, needs to keep those updated, don't right. they? Right. Yes, they do. I've had people say, you know what, I haven't looked at that since December and we're in June. Right, exactly. And see, that's why they need a system like our system, Small Biz Pro, Absolutely. to maintain those documents, upload them to the system. So when needed by a lender like the CDC, from where Mr. Pale uh, operates, then you have those documents at your fingertips. Your balance sheets, your profits and loss, all you need to do is just use your smartphone, your tablet, access those documents. So we're looking for balance sheet. We're looking for profit and loss statement. We're looking for tax returns. One other thing that we want to add to this factor is many small businesses, and I want, I'm looking in a camera right now because I want many of you small businesses to know this. A lot of you like to take losses. So when you submit your application, you are showing, you're showing the, the, the banker that you've lost money over the last two or three years. Right. That does not reflect very well for you. Is that correct, Mr. Pallet? That is absolutely <laughs> correct. Uh, maintaining your small business pro documentation in a place and the analysis sheets that are available through small business flow, excuse me, small business pro will help you keep an eye on what's going on. And we have to recognize we live in America. God bless America mm -hmm. and all of its United States. It's important that we know that capitalism, the system in which we operate under, 
expects us to pay into the system. That's right. Got to pay your taxes. Got to pay taxes. Dr. Gotta Sam wants his taxes. money. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't make any money, he wants his money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I often tell people, I, I recognize that there are provisions yes. in our tax laws that you can actually avoid taxes. I completely understand. But that type of strategy will not lead to lending. Mm. Mm. Right. It exactly. may keep you in business, and that's absolutely fine. But that means that your business will only grow as big or as wide as your pocketbook, oh, excuse me, I'm dating myself, uh-huh. as your wallet <laughs> right, exactly. can actually afford. Exactly. We don't want you to stay at the size of your wallet unless, of course, your wallet looks like the Rockefeller's wallet. Then that's okay because mm-hmm. your account is loaded, right? Wow. But what we recognize is there may be a time, and hopefully there is a time, right, when you are going to need OPM, right. yeah. other people's money. Other that's people's right. Money. And you should make that your your mantra yes. that you want to use other, other people's, people's money. money. Yes. <laughs> you know, I have a client that I, went, I, I met with uh, uh, the other day. And um, I, I asked him, do you have a line of credit? He said, no. Why do I need that? I don't need a line of credit. I got my own money. I don't want to borrow anything from anybody. I'm good to go. I said, that's not how you do this thing. You need to use other people's money as leverage. Yes. So that means when you really, really, really need some money, then you go to that source or if that source is dried up, then you can use some of your money. But for the most part, you want to use other people's money. Absolutely. It's important to understand that you want to save your money because it's not what you earn. It's what you keep. Exactly. So if you can keep money in your bank account and grow that savings account and have what many people are familiar with, reserves. Right. You want to, and reserves are not always an emergency fund. Emergency funds should be separate mm-hmm. from your working capital reserve exactly. fund. Exactly. Exactly. Because you don't want to have to tap into your reserve, which is your only emergency fund <laughs> account, <laughs> when you just want to operate your business from exactly. day to day. You right. haven't saved enough yet. That is so true. You definitely want to make sure you have a separate reserve account. Uh, um, an emergency fund, you know what? Put that emergency fund in that black bank. Yeah. Use exactly. Broadway Federal. Right. Use One United. Right, exactly. Let it stay in the community. Let it mm-hmm. earn the interest that that bank would need to thrive in this particular community. Put uh, put other money in other places. And that's an excellent strategy for that. Mm-hmm. So that, that way you're still having the benefit of, because as we say to them, it's not a... Uh, in order to make this happen, it doesn't have to be an either or the or. Yes. It needs to be a strategy yes. that is beneficial for yourself, for your business, and for your community. Yes. Um, but as it stands right now, you know, the strategy is, is for everything to go outside of our community. And that's a, not a great strategy at all because that's why we're in the position that we're in. Absolutely. Because we have not balanced that. Absolutely. And that's what we have to be conscious about doing is creating that balance so our communities can still thrive. Absolutely. Uh, because that's where our children go to school. Absolutely. That's where we live. So, therefore, we want to be able to have say-so in our political and the policies that are made Absolutely. that's on behalf of us and our people. Um, so, that's the the commitment that we have to make, but we also live in a global world and a global in an interconnected community, mm-hmm. and we need to all work together in that unity of that. Right, that's excellent. Well said, Crystal. I couldn't have said it any better. And small businesses, these are words of wisdom we're sharing here with you. The business zone is designed to elevate small businesses to help you to build your competence. So when you go to bankers, lenders like the CDC, 
you can demonstrate that you have the capacity, you have the capability, and you can function well. You can pay back that loan, you can sustain that loan, and you're a good risk. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and take another break, and we'll be right back in two minutes. Welcome back to the Business Zone. This is Gilbert Buchanan, your small business paramedic, along with Crystal Mitchell, and she is a financial guru. And today, <laughs> today we're talking about small business financing. We're here with our special guest, Mr. Richard Palais from the CDC. That's Community Development Corporation. That's correct? Certified Development Cer- Company. Certified Development Company. <laughs> You're thinking of the company. other CDC, doctor. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I'm very That's sorry okay. about no, that. No, no, absolutely. Certified Development comp- Company. Yes. And and also, we provide a variety of different loans at the absolutely. CDC absolutely. for small businesses. You want to tell us a little bit about how many loans uh, are awarded on a yearly basis for small businesses? Okay. And we've been around for, well, first of all, let me take one step back. CDC, as we've identified as a certified development company, our full name, CDC Small Business Finance, as you mentioned earlier, we've been around for almost 39 fiscal years now. Wow. So instead of going yearly, let me give you just a compilation of some of the numbers of what we funded in the past, and then we'll talk about what those products are Mm -hmm. uh, within that particular funding. So over that 37-plus years, we funded over $4,620,000,000 in real estate funding, commercial real estate lending. I want to encourage our black and brown communities, as you're starting those businesses and growing those businesses and leasing somebody else's building, Mm -hmm. buy your own. Buy your own building. Yes. Buy your own. Oh, for sure. Build your own. Mm -hmm. You can do it. Buy your own building. Yeah. Buy it. Buy it. And actually, that's a good point because uh, some of the issues that took place when the uh, when the construction of the train has been went into action, a lot of the business owners, the smaller business owners, were had been leasing, and I mean for long periods of time, they had been leasing their properties. So of course, when it came down to it, they had no say so. Mm-hmm. And so when the owner said, hey, I'm going to take this opportunity, yes. I'm going to sell the biz- building yes. because yes. now it's yes. worth a whole lot more than I paid for <laughs> yes. 25, 30, 50 years yes. ago. Yes. And so here these businesses had nothing. They had wow. no way to maintain their business. Even if they had been profitable, yes. they then had to scramble Absolutely. to find Excellent themselves point, a new place to Somebody live. Else's and building. some of them yeah. couldn't come back. 
Yes. Because they were doing what they were doing in yes. the position they were in. Yes. And a lot of them have done tenants improvements. So they improve that right. owner's property. Exactly. And that owner is taking all the credit. That's right. All of these enhanced values. Yes. And they're yes. not sharing in on that. Yes. Right. And, and actually lost their could have, and lost their space because yes. they didn't own the building and it wow. gave them no say so. And when there was con- when there's compensation for that, yeah. they couldn't even receive it on that end because they weren't. Because the they right, even though they had made all these improvements yes. wow. to their business. So you hear that small businesses <laughs> buy your own building. Buy your own building, and I guess that's that's it. That there's just not that information. So that yes. can help you make better decisions and thinking, oh, I can't afford that business. But you don't know that until you go talk to somebody, right? right? right. Absolutely. right. Exactly. And sometimes small businesses think that to purchase a building might be way outside of their reach. And yes. it may not be. No, that's right. It may be so right. affordable, but yes. because you don't meet with the, someone like Mr. Palais at the CDC yes. to, to ascertain that, then yes. you end up missing an opportunity. So, Crystal, you were talking earlier with Mr. Pillay about uh, we talk about financial statements, the, the P&L, the balance sheet. We talk about the tax return, what's needed. So um, what else do you think uh, a small business need to, to know about or, or have in order to prepare themselves before they uh, approach Mr. Pillay? Well, I think in in. in and I'm going to use the church as an example because okay. I've, I've, I've done some bookkeeping for a number of churches okay. and they've, they've refinanced their, uh, they've done some refinancing. And so in their case, uh, being that their money is being delivered to them by someone that comes in every Sunday mm-hmm. and provides tithes for them, mm-hmm. t- pays tithes for them, you know, one of the things they wanted to know was their cousin, how many actual paying tithe members do you have Mm. and another thing that was interesting was the age how old are those individuals that are consistently paying their tithe because it makes a difference in a church because your tithe payers are your older congregations and a lot of the congregations that were losing their older members through you know, find their final resting, yeah. you know, going on to glory. Yes. Yes. Uh, so now they have a lot of young members. Mm. Well, young members are not consistent about paying the tithes. Wow. So it's the same thing with business owners. Yeah. Who are your consistent uh, cu- uh, customers or clients mm. that return to you and you know that they're there, not the person, the brand new one, because the brand new one may come in the door one time <laughs> right. and you never see them again. It's about that returning, that reoccurring cl- customer. Wow. Who is that person? That's so what brings what creates that reoccurring customer is the customer services in place. The uh, that you're 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 selling what you say you're supposed to be yeah. selling. Uh, every time you come there, you're not out of the chicken and you're the yeah. chicken house. Uh, <laughs> things like that because that creates consistency, right? Right. That's absolutely and, right. And and so it's the overall business. It's not just because even after you create that business plan and you've been in business for three or four years, mm-hmm. five years, ten years, do you go back and re revisit that plan? To bring yes. it current to what's yes. going on today yes. and what's what are the trends? I mean, so many businesses, I was talking to the kids to, today about understanding what the trends are and watching out for your uh, 
threats. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were talking about the SWAT Smart. today yes. on what are your Excellent. strengths and what are your yes. weaknesses and opportunities for yes. you yes. and who else could be out there that's yes. waiting to threaten, to absorb yes. you up Excellent. because you have not been paying attention to what's happening around you. And we see it every day. Look at the, the Internet businesses. Yes. Uh, we were just talking today. Um, Microsoft just bought up LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And oh, they did. They did. Wow. For $26 billion, I found oh, out today. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm going to have to get my small biz bro out there fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah you're going to have to hurry up because there's some things happening. And, wow. and Amazon, oh, Amazon is moving fast. Yes, it's putting are. so many people out of business. Yes. I mean, you look at in the last couple of weeks, a couple of months, Sports LA has gone out of business. Right. Sports Authority have gone, gone out of business, business mainly because, and they've not gone out of business, they've gone to an online p- platform. Yes. Because wow. Amazon is just like he's like a gobble, 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 and they're eating up everything. So I think for you guys, and when you, when someone comes to you, especially a growth business mm-hmm. uh, that may have written that business plan when they first started, yes. is that something you want them to be able to do? Have upgraded that and looked at what the trends are and where the future of the of of the business industry they're in is going. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Depending on loan amount, okay. what we may do instead of a formal plan, because we think about a business plan, we think of a very intensive document. Right. When you've been in business at least two years, what yeah. we're looking for is we want to see an executive summary. Uh-huh. Okay. You know, we still want to know some of the same components of the original business plan. Right. Who is the owner? What's your background? What's right. your product? Customer acquisition costs? Well, that's we similar to a growth plan? Uh, correct. Okay. Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay. Now I'm looking at, now that you want to move forward, mm-hmm. what are you moving forward into? What is your new market space or the broader market space that mm-hmm. you're trying to reach? What's the thought between, behind, excuse me, trying to reach that person in this expansion mode? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to see how has your business evolved? Mm-hmm. So you want to tell me, maybe I was only making lemon cupcakes. Uh, I know we have children listening, so we'll we'll go to the cupcake example. And if I may, Gilbert, for the guys that are listening, sweets are always good. Um, So now I want to know what are you expanding into? Mm-hmm. I, I want to do now. I want to do chocolate cupcakes. I want to do a red velvet cupcake. I mm-hmm. want to do maybe a fancier blueberry cupcake. So now what we're looking at is why are you doing that? Because when I did my research, thank you, Crystal, when I did my research, I understand that the new market now, mm-hmm. lemon is kind of getting outdated and more people are asking for other flavors. So I want to reach out and expand my market space by adding other flavors to it. Mm-hmm. And my expectation is in this new market I'm going to reach is going to bring me so much revenue, going back to the projections again. Mm-hmm. So just like adding, if you're selling pastries, adding gluten-free products to your Absolutely. to your line would be a Absolutely. great thing because Absolutely. that's the new trend. Yes. That's the new trend. And yes. everyone is going there right now, and you can probably <laughs> garner a bigger yes. market share. Exactly. Yes. yes. Excellent. Right. Absolutely. Excellent. I mean, because even the big the big boys, McDonald's yeah. has oh, yeah. changed and yes. creating a healthier yes. menu. Yes. We've, yes. we've ta- talked about that with the kids. You know, you go, I went to McDonald's not long ago, like, what happened? Yeah. Wait a minute, where's my where's my big sweet tea? <laughs> <laughs> not there anymore. <laughs> not there. So they're doing healthier things because the trends are dictating that. Yes. So we can't be um, 
sitting in our little rocking chair going, no, this is my business model. Yeah. Yeah. This is what I started right. with. Yeah. Right. And by golly, I'm going to stay right there, right here, because this is how I started. Keep holding on to yeah, it. I'm going to hold on to this, because this is my business model. <laughs> and so we have to be always moving forward. And, and, and that's really the reason, I think, for the purpose of going to conventions and trade shows, mm -hmm. is so that you can see what's going on. I don't think we ever should get to a place in our businesses where we're not going out there to see if there's some new things that, right. and new opportunities Absolutely. that you then can take advantage of. Business owners that are stagnant like that, they call them dinosaurs. Yeah. Dinosaurs, okay? <laughs> we don't do business with dinosaurs. It's not good for you. Right. And so, I wanted to add to this point as we were talking about dinosaurs to our audience who may be listening. Nostalgia does work mm -hmm. if you've built a brand right. around that around nostalgia. It. Right, exactly. Who am I thinking of? In-N-Out Burger. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In-N-Out <laughs> Burger has not changed their burger recipe. No, they haven't. They have not changed their French fries. They have not changed their shakes. You know and why? And yet they're still have lines going down the street and out the door. There yes, sir. is a demand for it. Exactly. Yeah. There's a demand. Exactly. If, there's, if your demand is diminishing yes. and you're still holding on to it, then you're a dinosaur. dinosaur. Right. But right. But, <laughs> but if you got a brand that has that in and out, I mean, it is. Right. Uh, and I think even though that they've had a nostalgic uh, um, branding, mm -hmm. But it, they've always been in the outline area. Yes. Yes. So for the inner in urban yes, areas, yes, they're yes, brand yes. new, right? right. Oh, like yeah. the in and out. Oh, usually yeah. it's when you're when you're on the highway. Right. Like in right. and out, we have to stop right. at an end. It's a destination. It's, right. Right. Just gonna say, right. So now that they didn't put it here in the right. city, oh man, yeah, of course, of course it is. But mm -hmm. look at where they've strategically placed themselves. Yes. Airport, yes. right there, because yes. people coming that's in and out right. that's used to still that's destination. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> But it's a high traffic area. Yes. So knowing that you know somebody on their way to the airport, especially yes. now that oh, you yes. can't get food right. on the plane. No, on the plane. So right. I grab my right. in and out before right. I get there right. and at least I'm I've I've <laughs> eaten beforehand. So it's a it's a lot of thought process and I think that our small business owners, that's what they need. So at the C D C, just like the SBA, do you yes. guys have mentors as well or like the, the SBA does? Okay. What we want to look at is uh, going back to the model of the CDC, uh -huh. a certified yeah. development company. Uh, I was talking about the four four $4,620,000,000 in loans that we did. Let's talk about the product, and I'll answer okay. that question in this way. Uh, but let's let's go the other way first okay. before I go back to That's us fine. as a company. Mm -hmm. The Small Business Administration, for the audience to know once and for all, does not make loans. Okay. Everyone thinks the federal government gives money directly to borrowers. The federal government is not in a position to do that. Okay. They give it to lenders to relend out, mm -hmm. so to do the scrutiny necessary to get funds. Okay. And what the federal government does is guarantee those loans. Mm -hmm. So the Small Business Administration, much like the Federal Housing Administration, mm -hmm. FHA, in the housing industry, yeah. guarantees the loans that I'm making. What does that mean? It's an insurance policy. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. Much like the loan that I will give you, Crystal, when you're starting your business, mm -hmm. at I'll give you 70% uh, of your business costs. Okay. You know, we can go specifically in what, is it, what does a loan look like in a startup versus an existing uh, business. But looking at a startup loan, I'm going to give you 70% okay. of your loan. The SBA is going to guarantee a percentage of the 70% that I give to you 
it's going to guarantee me or insure me against loss. Okay. So if I've used prudent underwriting, so what does that mean? I've properly analyzed the risk. Mm -hmm. Gilbert talked about this earlier. Mm -hmm. I'm risk adverse. Right. I I want to lend to you, but the aversion that I want is failure. Mm -hmm. Right. I want to avert from failure. I don't want you to fail. I want to make sure what you're going to do is solid, who you are is solid, and you have character. And we'll go into that in a moment. So the SBA guarantees loans made by lenders. So when you're going into the bank and you're looking for a loan and you're seeking SBA financing, mm-hmm. it means, you know what, I may have some some areas where I need help. Mm-hmm. So I need my federal government with the tax dollars that I pay right. to right. help support me in this I want to do. Yeah. So we as lenders are lending the money guaranteed or insured to us by the SBA, not at 100%. I still can suffer risk. I still can suffer loss. But the SBA makes me more motivated to help you because at least I have – we don't like to say a fallback plan because we don't want to make loans just because the guarantee is there. We don't want to abuse the capitalistic system because that's how things go away. Okay. That's how we begin to lose accesses Okay. because we've abused a particular system. Right. So it's really more of just an assurance that someone's standing with me as a lender to help you. Yeah. That's what your federal government that's is here good. to do. So when you think about mentors, where you're seeking your mentors is through the Small Business Administration system, mm-hmm. through organizations like SCORE. Right, right. Now, SCORE, oh, okay. SCORE the Society, uh, wait a minute, the Service Corps of Retired Executives right. is what SCORE stands right, for. Right. It used to be S period, C period, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Now it's just SCORE. But where it originates from is these retired executives who volunteer their time. Right to help small businesses. I've been in business a long time. I may be retired now, or I may have just had an opportunity in my life to be able to share some of my experiences and help you right? right. and advise you and give you information based on my own experiences. Mm-hmm. So that's where the counseling comes in yeah. or the mentoring, mentoring comes in. I don't want people to feel like, oh, I'm so stupid. I have to get a, a, a counselor. <laughs> it, it's not a counselor in that <laughs> aspect, <laughs> much as Gilbert is the small business paramedic, right? <laughs> right, exactly. He has solutions Solutions, and tools that he can help you with in your business. So the uh, SCORE counselors. Also, uh, when we think about mentoring or technical assistance or help in your business is a small business development center. Another organization supported by the SBA. In the city of Los Angeles, it's the Business Source Center system. Mm -hmm. Again, counselors, advisors. People mm-hmm. here to help you, and you know why I love love using these organizations yeah. is most of the services are free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you notice when you say free, you always smile. Uh, I know. Uh, how you free. Say it's free. free. It's free. free. <laughs> <laughs> and because it's free, our government doesn't do a great job of advertising <laughs> that we exist. <laughs> so and as, true. As a CDC, um, so the mentoring that you're looking for, going all the way around to your original question. Mm-hmm. So those are the mentors that you'll find in the SBA system. At a CDC, at a certified development company, we're our lender. Okay. I'm moving into economic development, or I have moved into economic development, yeah. where I will mentor and I'll help small okay. businesses. And part of that mentoring actually means, let me introduce you to resources okay. that are smarter than me. I'll help you where I'm smart. Okay. And then I'll get some folks that are smarter <laughs> than me. <laughs> I'll introduce them to our partnership yeah. mm-hmm. so that now that you have a team that most times you don't have to pay for. And if you do have to pay, it's a nominal fee. I think about some of the courses at the SBDC, which is typically located at colleges. Uh 
that they offer there may be a nominal fee, uh, mm-hmm. and it's usually for the supplies and expenses of, of operating the particular uh, classroom. Okay. But I just want the audience to know the difference between us. And I'm an alternative lender. I'll, I'll end it with this. What an alternative lender means, you went to your bank to seek what we call conventional financing. Mm-hmm. That's financing that didn't require a guarantee, or if it's an SBA loan mm-hmm. that you've gotten from your bank that did require a guarantee, your credit standings were still such that you didn't need the help right. okay. of an alternative lender, which mm-hmm. means there's probably some more risk mm-hmm. involved. So I'm going to cost a little more, not much, because yeah. the federal government is helping, but I'm here after You've established that relationship with your bank, and your banker has decided you're not what we call bankable. Okay. Meaning that the bank can't make the loan to you. It doesn't mean you're in check systems and can't get a bank account. Let me clarify. It just means that the bank cannot give you a loan at this time. So Crystal and I perform training uh, to entrepreneurs. So what if we would like to offer training to some of the CDC um, potential borrowers or existing borrowers how would we go about doing that? Is there, or, or I should say, mm-hmm. is there um, opportunities like those available at the CDC? You will find that at, at some CDCs do have those opportunities, and I'd like to extend the invitation to you to please uh, let me know yes. that you'd like to do what we call a partnership. We are definitely interested. Or, or we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll have collaboration, and I'll, right. clarify, I'll differentiate the two this way. A collaboration means we're working together. Exactly. Uh, there's not an exchange of funds between us, right. but it's more like the bartering system. I make the space available. You make the education available. Right, right. Exactly. You advertise to the students. I'll make the space available. (laughs) And in some cases, there's a partnership where we say, well, if you uh, share in the responsibility of cost Mm -hmm. for hosting a program, and let's get this information out because we share that same passion. As a CDC, the products that we offer, going back to the SBA again, we talked about buying a building. That's Mm -hmm. the SBA 504 program. Okay. The SBA 504 program is a second trust deed program. So that $4 billion, that's a second, that's $4 billion in second trust deed financing that I've given. We were involved in over $12 billion in commercial real estate transactions. Mm-hmm. How did that transaction work? The bank funded 50% of that purchase, mm-hmm. and we funded 40% of that purchase. And Mr. and Ms. Borrower, Mr. and Ms. Small Business, mm-hmm. you paid 10% and you got that building. Oh, wow. That's how you got yourself started. You didn't go through conventional financing mm-hmm. requiring 20, 30, and sometimes 40%. See, that's uh-huh. amazing. Uh-huh. See, a lot of that small businesses don't know a lot of that stuff. Right. That is phenomenal. The other product that we offer as a CDC, and there's 265 of us, by the way, across the nation. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to say we're the number one yeah. CDC okay. in the nation Great. after 39 cool. years. Congratulations. We're very proud. <laughs> and over the last 20 years, we've been number one in originating the SBA 504 product. And by the way, it's Los Angeles County mm-hmm. that keeps us as number one as far as the amount of production of that 504 program, though we do right. offer the product throughout California, Arizona, and Nevada. But then there's another product that a lot of people don't know about, the SBA 7A. Well, I've heard of that. I go to my bank and get that. But when your bank says no, is it necessarily over? No. No. We have the 7A community advantage. Mm-hmm. Oh, notice those words, community advantage. advantage. Mm-hmm. Your federal government has said to the CDCs, yes. we're mission-based, mm-hmm. serve the low to moderate income community, mm-hmm. the minority community, mm-hmm. the women business owner community, mm-hmm. the veteran community, mm-hmm. 
Okay. LGBT community, mm-hmm. serve them with this advantage program that would say we have leniencies that your bank does not have. Now, I don't want to go too deep into these particulars about that, but this is where opportunity comes in working with an alternative lender mm-hmm. to give you that opportunity that wasn't afforded to you at that bank that you have relationship with. So don't be mad at the bank. That's right, great. exactly. It just means you didn't fit the criterion yeah. or the requirements that the stockholders of that bank said. Right. You said you would make loans in a particular community. These are the regiments, the guidelines in which you must follow. If they fall outside of that guideline, mm-hmm. that increases the risk that I'm not willing to bear when I bought stock in your bank. Right, right. So see if you can find another source for them, and that's where we come in. So there's 165 CDCs? Uh, 265 across the United States. 265 CDCs. Wow. That's a lot. That's phenomenal. That is phenomenal. And And you guys are number one. We're number one. Out of all those 265. (laughs) All those 265, (laughs) we are number one. That's pretty good. That is amazing. And where are you located? Uh, Our corporate office, our headquarters is in San Diego. Okay. The city is Point Loma. Mm -hmm. The specific place where we are is a, a, a naval station. A naval base called Liberty Station. I'm sorry I said station because it's Liberty Station is the name of the naval base that was repurposed. So when we talk about economic development, the base closed. Oh, Mm. wow. Okay. So So this large property, if you will, with all these units, all these buildings on them where the federal government has moved out from is no longer an active property. Our organization worked with the city and worked with the county and decided how can we repurpose this particular space. That's we own a building in the space. We've encouraged other businesses to move into the space. They, earn, they own buildings in the space. Mm-hmm. This goes back to what we said earlier. Yeah. To our entrepreneurs who are listening to us, buy your buildings, control your neighborhood, right. control the policy decisions. Right. Right. We're huge advocates mm-hmm. for low to moderate income community. We've bought into the space. We repurposed the space. Now it's a destination space. There are hotels. Oh, wow. There's an ice rink. Okay. There are movie theaters. And all of that is owned by you or they're leasing from you? Uh, Actually, we own our building. Right. But we've encouraged others Others to to join us in this particular property. So now all these small businesses have the opportunity to collaborate and work together. And the community was working in that collaboration as well. That's amazing. What do we want here? Your vote counts. That's amazing. And that should be a model that could be duplicated all around, exactly. all over the country. Yes. Is the these co-op yes. type of yes. environments. Yes. Um, and yes. That actually, it was probably what Black Wall Street was, was <laughs> yes. a co-opted yes. environment, Absolutely right? Absolutely was. And, and Allensworth and all those yes. areas like that. So Absolutely. that could be a strategy. Yes. Is a bigger person come in and then encourage other yeah. people to yes. come in to work. That's to, to create and own in that space. That's, that's, that's phenomenal. That's a to your 14,000 readers Uh that you have access to and to the multi-thousands that are listening to us today, I'd like to say in our community here in South L.A., let's partner together. CDC has the advocacy power and the weight, if you will, right? And the finances behind us to say if we can work together, we can rebuild the community just like we did in San Diego, which is why I've been moved into economic development. So can we create those relationships to do exactly that, Crystal? I was at a... um, George Frazier, you know, Dr. George yes, Frazier absolutely. and his uh, Power Network Conference. I yes. went to it in in, um, in June. Uh, phenomenal. Yes. Oh, my God. Was it ever phenomenal. Yes. But there was a group of people that were doing that in Oklahoma. I think Tulsa. Yes. They were creating that economic and, and, and recreating a black wall street to say it, but doing it exactly the same way. Yes. Um, uh, 
and, and, and some of it, they rep, it looked almost like they were replicating recycling black dollars, but they had moved into that space to do that. So that would really be something because so many people are looking for that right now, but not yes. really knowing what that strategy looks like. Yes. So they're they're grasping at straws. Yes. The boycotting is cool, you know, is great. Yes. But it's not that's not the solution. The solution is to create the dollars, keep the dollars circulating yes. in the community yes. of which you're living in. And if that's black and brown, then we all and if other people are living in that community Everybody is, contributing Everybody is contributing to that community to keep yes. it in growing yes. and and, yes. and powerful. Um, so I think that's I take that's fantastic. That's amazing. And Crystal, if I may, isn't that our answer to what we now call gentrification? That is our and answer to gentrification. Neighborhoods, we, they call it gentrification. Right. Exactly. <laughs> the answer to that. Affordable housing is necessary. We mm-hmm. have to give people an entry point to be able to come into the community and stay. Yeah. Right. But then we need to take people to the next level, much like you're doing with students in Nifty. Yeah. Right. Learn to buy in your community yeah. and then learn to buy your community. So right. buy in it, and then, patronize it, and then, and then buy, buy it. it. Right. Buy it. And it's amazing because one of the uh, young men that's in the uh, class, his name is Christian, and yesterday after he'd gone through the Junior Achievement Program, which is the financial literacy program, yes. and they he came back and he I said, oh, you're done? He says, yeah, I'm done. So he was saying, why do parents always say they can't afford stuff? Hmm. He says, because I mean, he had gone through, he had put money in savings. Uh-oh. So it looked, you know, right. the way they were doing it, it was right. like, I don't understand. All right. And All so right. then I was like, well, you know, a lot of that's conditioning. That's yes. a lot of that is you've gotten Absolutely that from agree. your parents and, and their parents. And it's been um, uh, it's, uh, passed down from generation to generation. Absolutely he agree. says, well, Miss Crystal, what do you think about investing? What do you think about stocks and bonds? And, wow. and, and so today he asked me, how old do I have to be? How old does a person have to be in order to invest in the stock market? And I said, well, you have to be 18. But there are products out there where your parents, instead of giving you money, they now can buy stock and put it in your name. But they're managing it until you're an adult. And for my nephews, that's one of the things for graduation. I have some stock and I and I that I share. I'm I'm giving them shares so that to get them started. And we play a game called cash flow. Rich Dad Poor Dad, right? Okay, uh, right. Robert right. Kur- uh, Kurosaki right. is an excellent game for yes. teaching kids about excellent. the stock market and playing. Yes? Let's, let's take a break real quickly okay. and we'll come right back to that. So, break in, in two. numbers on how much of that okay, we originated cool. and what that is. So welcome back to the Business Zone. This is Gilbert Buchanan, the small business paramedic, along with my co-host, uh, Crystal Mitchell. And we're having fun here today talking about small business financing with our special guest, Mr. Richard Palais from the CDC. Uh, so Mr. Palais, you want to tell us a little bit more about the CDC and the funding that you've got there available? Absolutely. Thank you. We talked earlier about buying your building. It's a wonderful aspiration, and it's one that I know Crystal's going to walk away and teach your kids a nifty. I certainly Start am. looking at real estate now, because <laughs> if you save now, time is on your side. Right, exactly. They start now by the time they're 15, man. Exactly. They're They'll be ready to buy that tycoon. building. Tycoons. That's right. <laughs> and they can come and get an SBA 504 and spend 10% of that money exactly. and buy that building. But, you know, 
the audience is probably thinking, well, that buying a building is a little bit outside of my reach right now, right. but I need money now for something else that I'm doing in my business. Yeah. And the other product that the SBA offers is the SBA 7A. Mm-hmm. Okay. At the bank, you can get a 7A loan, which I like to tell people 7A uh, the expression for the 7A loan is working capital. Mm. And 7A working capital, the expression working capital is like a golf umbrella. It's an all-encompassing term mm-hmm. that covers many uses. Mm-hmm. You can pay for your salaries mm-hmm. with your working capital. Mm-hmm. You could buy a building, actually, with working capital. Mm-hmm. You can make buy payroll. equipment. You can make payroll. Mm. You can buy equipment. Mm-hmm. You could uh, purchase inventory. You can pay leases. And what I, type of interest rates are on those? Uh, depending on where you are, uh, these these products are, are credit-based, uh, uh-huh. I must tell you. The, right. the products are credit-based. If you're at a banking institution, probably the maximum you'll pay for a loan like that is going to be 6% okay. in terms of interest rate. Right. Uh, the, the rate could be variable. So you always want to ask, is this variable or fixed? If it's variable, what is it tied to? These loans don't work like a credit card where they're revolving every day and right. changing, but it could be monthly depending on whatever index it's tied to. And with us, rates, because I'm an alternative lender, remember we talked about that earlier, I'm just when you fall out of the guidelines from the bank, when you come to me, our rates run anywhere from six and a quarter Mm -hmm. to nine and a quarter. Mm -hmm. And the terms of our loans are 10 years. Mm -hmm. So I give you 10 years to pay us back. There's no prepayment penalty involved in this particular loan product. And it's designed to give you lower entry, if you will, meaning that, yes, the rate's a little higher, but I give you a longer term to pay it. Mm -hmm. So the expression is amortization. You're going to pay the full loan over the 10-year period in equal payments, hence Mm -hmm. the definition of amortization. So it's Mm -hmm. fully amortized. Mm -hmm. But by extending that payment out for 10 years, you may be able to get a larger loan than you would if you had to pay in a shorter period of time. We've actually – the product was developed in November of 2011, so it's Mm -hmm. a very new product. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And our federal government, thankfully, it was a test pilot product. Yeah. How, okay. how many of these products, because it's only offered through CDCs, right. uh-huh. how, how much volume can we generate and originate in this particular product? And what does that mean? It means to the SBA, there's a need for it. Mm. So we've generated enough volume over the past five years where the SBA has said this is now a permanent product. Right. And so it's no longer, because it was about to go away in 2017, by the way. And over the past five years, we've done over $150 million in wow. loans that started $50,000 and go up to $250,000. Mm. For our listeners that are saying, well, I don't need $50,000, only need $10,000. Yeah. We do also have a microloan product, a little shorter term because it's a smaller product. Yeah. It's $10,000 to $50,000. And that product, years? Uh, five years. Five years. It's a five-year term on that product. These products are tied to Prime. Mm -hmm. So as Prime moves, your rate will move. Prime hasn't moved in a while. And if we vote correctly, (laughs) we'll be able to And we vote. (laughs) And we vote. Not just correctly, Richard. We vote. You hear that, entrepreneurs? Vote. Vote. If you vote, you can keep the loan rate down. You You vote the right way. That's right. (laughs) So correct is relative to how you define correct. Right, right? exactly. Uh, So we... We, we want to keep this interest rate environment low because it's one in which we need in the low to moderate income community. We yeah. don't want rates to rise. We don't want it to, to get out of pace yes. with our wages. Okay. We need our, our rates to stay where they are so we can grow ourselves, grow our own economy uh, within this economy, if you will, and, and keep moving forward. So I wanted to offer that there is a 7A community advantage product and there's a microloan product, again, $10,000 to $50,000 for those who are looking for yes. smaller loans. Yes. And by the way, 
I'm not a bank, which means I can work with a startup. That's great. Oh, wow. That's great. Okay, I like that's that. cool. I like that. And pre-revenue. I got a good. plan. I'm ready to go. I got money to invest. That's Thank right. you, Crystal. Okay. I got my, my plan. equity I'm injection. Ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. That's fantastic. <laughs> I'm in the game. So I got this question I want to ask you right now. because Is got it a, burning? Uh, oh, yes. It's burning. <laughs> 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 I've got a client who, who owns a radio station. And, um, you know, a client really wants to know what type of loan programs might be available for radio station how do we go about obtaining that and what does that owner of that radio station need to do in order to qualify let's go back do you offer loans i should ask to radio station (laughs) (laughs) that's the first thing let's go back to our wonderful federal government that has sba community advantage the loan is actually industry agnostic Okay. What does that mean? Ah, I don't care okay, what, what your you industry do? is. Yeah. Remember the working capital golf mm-hmm. umbrella? Yeah. That also falls true for usage of the proceeds for the business that wants to use That's it. That's good to know. We just need to make sure, as we talked about earlier, the plan, the, the knowledge and experience, the secondary source of income to pay the loan while you're mm-hmm. growing the business, right. the projections, all those <laughs> uh, good things. And, and, of course, we didn't talk about the personal financial statement and the business debt schedule. But right. what I'm trying to figure out is do you have enough discretionary income right according to your past tax returns let's make sure we emphasize that you told the government look i really do have money i paid your taxes on it because i'm a good capitalist uh here in the united states of america god bless it now we have the opportunity to say okay if i gave you the money what would you use it for Mm. what specific i'm glad you're a radio station what specifically do you need it for do you need it for tenant improvements are you building your radio station Mm. are you buying equipment to furnish this particular radio station what if they need working capital i was just gonna and all of this is working capital by the way it all falls under working capital okay but maybe you've already bought all of those things and now you're saying well what i need to do is now i want to hire staff Mm -hmm. you talked earlier about payroll Mm -hmm. operating expenses salaries you can get a loan for salaries Mm -hmm. and you may say well i need to do marketing i have a radio station i need to make a campaign Mm -hmm. you can pay for that Mm -hmm. working capital this golf umbrella is huge Mm -hmm. what do you need your money for what what i'm really looking for is and this is what i share with audiences i have three questions for every audience member whether that audience be an audience of one on the telephone Mm -hmm. an audience of 220 that i'm when i'm speaking in a meeting and i tell them this here's what you need to know there's a lending notice i said lending not investing i'm not an investor right Right. i can't celebrate your successes by asking you to give me more than what i gave you over and above a particular amount of interest Right. Mm -hmm. right Nor can I crash and burn with you. I'm a lender. So I have what we call a lender readiness test. Hopefully our audience has their pen and paper ready because it's three questions. Okay. Okay, You guys got your pen and pencil ready and taking notes. There we go. (laughs) And and our client that we just kind of talked about (laughs) a few minutes ago that has a radio station. (laughs) I I, want to tell this client that I have these three questions. And if you have answers for these three questions, we need to talk further. Okay. The first question, ladies and gentlemen, how much do you need? Okay. The answer to this question cannot be how much do you have. Okay. I work with the federal government. I shared with you earlier that we've loaned $4.6 billion, $4. billion in lending, so right. I have access to capital. I can get you capital. Okay. If your answer is how much do you have, you're not ready for lending. That's why this is a lending readiness test. So we're looking for hundred grand. You're looking for hundred grand. Excellent. So now that I know how much you need, mm-hmm. so that means when you develop the hundred grand, that means you have an actual plan for this is where the monies are going to be used. Mm-hmm. That's my second question. Okay. I'm going to ask you, how will you use that hundred grand? 
Okay. okay. And you lay out, well, here's my plan. This okay. is what I'm going to do with the money. Excellent. Okay. The $64,000 question, and sometimes I have millennials in my audience. Uh-huh. They probably don't remember the game show. <laughs> <laughs> so I tell them, though that sounds clever that I said that, that was an actual game show. If you don't know what that is, Google it. Right. <laughs> there you go. And the $64,000 question is, how will you pay me back? Mm. That's a, the big question. That's, that's a, the big question. That's the only question that comes question to the really lender. The how are you going to pay me back? The <laughs> 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 only thing that matters. <laughs> I want my money back. <laughs> I want my money back. And borrowing is not for everyone because of that. Right. You know, exactly. some people say, I don't have a home. Can I get a loan if I don't have a home? Absolutely, you can. Uh, you know, because you're saying you don't have formal collateral in that type of sense. Right. So how do we measure repayment? Do we look at ratios? Are we looking at cash ratios, quick mm-hmm. ratios, current ratios? What are we looking at? Excellent. Uh, the quick ratios and current ratios, that's great if I'm talking to an existing business. I want to go under the assumption, if I may, Gilbert, that this is a startup business. Okay. So you don't have those ratios yet because your business is not in place. Right. However, you do have a debt service ratio. Uh-huh. And what does that mean? That means how much money do you have to serve the debt that you have? Mm -hmm. It's a little twist on that, right? Um, That I just made up right now while we're talking. Isn't life fun? (laughs) So, because what I'm looking at is I'm looking at how much income do you have gross? You know, don't try to figure out taxes and all that. Say, well, once I take all this out, no, 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 no. What I'm looking at is how much debt do you have? This is where we talked about the personal financial statement. I just mentioned the statement. The statement is your personal balance sheet Mm -hmm. because your balance sheet is showing me your assets. Your balance sheet is showing me your liabilities. Mm -hmm. And your balance sheet is showing me your owner's equity. Right. Okay, so assets minus liabilities equals owner's equity. This is what I know you have left. Uh Mm -hmm. So when I'm looking at that, I'm looking at do you have enough money left over with the income that you have and the debts that you pay, is there anything left to, to cover pay the loan. me yeah. for the loan that you want? Right. Okay. Mm, That's good to know. Different banks have different debt service ratios. Mm-hmm. If you walk into your bank, I'm going to leave you with this, and you go to your bank because we always encourage people, check with your bank first. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Crystal. You have a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you're asking him that big question. It's almost like, will you marry me, right? Yeah. We've just been dating when you had my savings account and my yeah. bank account. Yeah. When, I, when you start asking me for that bigger commitment. Uh, now we want to get to the next level. Now we and you got a whole 10-year relationship. We're going to be together for a whole 10 years, man. So that is a marriage. Love it. So, honey, I need $100,000. Right? Yes, yes. And you want to know how long we are we going to be together are for that 14 years? <laughs> are you going to pay me back? So what we what bankers are looking for, and all of us as lenders, let me, let me be fair in the term to make it broad. What we as lenders are looking for is a certain amount of income versus your debt. Banks will typically ask for anywhere from $1. I'm going to bring it down to its smallest component to help mm-hmm. the young people that are listening. Do you have $1.15 of income mm-hmm. for every dollar of expense? Mm-hmm. So that candy bar that you bought from the store at $0.50 cents, mm-hmm. that you're now going to sell, you'd like to sell it for $1.15. Right? right, because you want to have enough money to pay the fifty cents back. Now you've got sixty-five cents left over. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make you a loan that's going to cost you forty cents. Mm-hmm. Well, great, you still have twenty-five cents left over, yeah. so you have sufficient amount of money to pay my particular request right. or my need. Excuse me. Right. You have enough money serving your debt that you have more money left over mm-hmm. than you have debt. Some banks may be as high as a dollar fifty. 
Okay. So going back to I was say, I made a comment. I said, when you walk into the bank, now let's finish that point. Now that I've told you what we're mm-hmm. looking for, so you know you're knowledgeable when you go to talk to that banker, right? You want to, you want that banker to know you've done your homework. When you talk to that banker and you say, I want to get a loan, the question I have for you is, what is your debt service ratio mm-hmm. or your debt coverage ratio, mm-hmm. DSR, DCR? Right. Mm-hmm. If that banker looks at you with a question mark on their forehead, go to the branch manager. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. The branch manager doesn't know. Run. Don't walk. Look, I, I don't <laughs> take that door. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because it's important that they know what is it going to what – what is the expectation yeah. that mm-hmm. they need in your income levels? Yeah. When you come to us, I'm looking for $1 of income for every dollar of expense. And you're thinking, well, how do you make any money? Yeah. Trust me, I'm looking at discretionary income at the end yeah. of the day. Yeah. But at least need you to be able to serve your debt. Your debt should not be uh, owing more than you actually earn. Right, that, exactly. that is really good information, Mr. Paley. And we really, Crystal and I, really, really want to thank you for coming in today. You've brought some extra knowledge here for us today. And I'm sure you brought an extra, some extra knowledge for our, our listeners as well. So... Thank you so much. It's been an absolute Truly pleasure. appreciate you being here. So what we're going to do right now, Crystal, uh, we want to touch into a little Crystal and Gilbert time. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to share some uh, uh, events that's coming up yes. that we want to let our listeners know about. Um, so you want, you want me to take it take yes. it from here? Yes. Uh, there's a, a we I mentioned it last week on the show. Uh, there is a pitch competition that was hosted by Miller Lite, um, the brewery company, and the uh, business mogul Damon John. He is in search of the next winner of the Miller Coors uh, Tap the Future. Uh, contestant and they have individuals that are uh, uh, semi-finalists and they're going on to the finalists so they will be here for a pitch competition for a shot at $200,000 in um, in money for their businesses and they will be in Los Angeles August 10th that's on a Wednesday if you are interested in participating or going out and Meeting Mr. Mr. John and also uh, seeing the live pitch competition, you will RSVP at mltapthefuture.com. You can also go on our website, The Business Zone with Crystal and Gilbert, and you can get all the details that are there. Another thing that is coming up is the... Uh, mobile re- the food the fourth annual mobile retail food truck expo which is being hosted by uh, Vermont Slauson Economic Development Center it's going to be Saturday August 13th um, from 8:30 to one o'clock and it's going to be held at the Los Angeles Trade Tech Technical College LA uh, LA Trade Tech and it's the only mobile business of Expo of its kind so you can give the CDC a phone call at 323-489-4515 for more information and you can also go to Vermont Slauson uh, website Economic Development Center website and get some details uh, the next thing is Crystal, which is myself, uh, yours truly. I am having a hosting a business plan workshop. So we've been talking about business plans all more all for the last two hours. So the cost is one hundred and twenty five dollars. It's an eight week program from August twenty third to October eleventh. It is partial in in house workshop and webinar. So you will spend two de- two weeks 
in coming to me and then you'll spend two weeks online so sign up today the show the the class is um going to be the deadline is going to be probably august 15th so you need to get in there from 7 to 8 30 and let me see if I got something else. Oh, Gilbert, he has something here. Save the date for the California Hispanic Chamber of Commerce Conf- uh, Convention, annual convention. And it's going to be September 21st, 2023 in Riverside, California. You can go to the California Hispanic Chamber of Commerce for more details. And finally... For those of us that own black businesses, recycling black dollars, we are in um, in our uh, season of taking ads for our resource guide, the Recycling Black Dollars Business Black Business Resource Directory. If you have been looking for a black business and you don't know how to find them, and I've heard you guys on Facebook because you've been reaching out to me. So you need to place your ad in our book. It is going to be a hard copy book. And as well, for this first time, we're going to be mobile. And that mobile uh, campaign is for a nationwide. Wherever you go in this country, you will be able to find your black business. So we're taking ads, and you can reach us at 323-449-2099 for rates. You can go on our website right at the present moment. You can actually find our current guide online. You can flip through it. It's in a magazine style. You can find out whatever business you need. But we need your business to be in there for the 2017. Definitely, definitely. These are great resources, and we really would like all of you to participate in this. Uh, Many business owners, uh, you need just that one step, that one phone call, that one login to get to your opportunities. This is it. So you really want to check it out. And uh, we didn't give you Mr. Pillay's information before, so we're going to have Mr. Pillay give you his phone number right now so that uh, you guys can go on over to his office, do a sit-down, and try to see what type of loans you can get. So, Mr. Pillay? Fantastic. Uh, everyone, pick up, your pens, pick up your pens or pencils or your uh, electronic devices. Let's give you a phone number. You can find me right here in Pasadena. Our corporate office is in San Diego, but I'm right here in Pasadena at 80 South Lake Avenue, suite number 528. How will you know you're there? There'll be a Wells Fargo Bank and a Starbucks coffee in the ground floor of the building. If you need to call, which I suggest you do so before you come by and visit with me, the number, office number, 626-529-0716. And finally, I'm on the road a lot visiting with entrepreneurs and sharing access to capital presentations. You can reach me on my cell phone at 626-660-6970. Let's work together to make America better. Better. Much, much better. (laughs) Greater and better. (laughs) And how do we do that? We get small businesses growing, buying buildings, and investing in their communities. Exactly, because that's really how you you rejuvenate an economy is through small business. So we need our small businesses to step up and take that chance to make that business of their dreams there's there's no better time for it than right now. So Absolutely. as Mr. Perlay had said, there's opportunities out there. There's lending for those of you that we're trying to get positioned to get into a supplier uh, supplier diversity marketplace. Yeah. 
Now there's that bridge that you Absolutely. need for payroll while you're waiting Absolutely. for the contracts to come in. <laughs> so because we get that all the time. Yes. So what, yes. what do I do if I if I go out for this? How do I make payroll? It takes them a long time to pay. <laughs> I guess it goes back to that plan. Huh? Yeah, that plan. <laughs> and and this is really really great information. As a matter of fact, Crystal and I we collaborated, and we're we're currently coaching some small businesses. Uh, we're we're um, we're encouraging small business to give us a call so we can work with you to get your business to the next level. As a matter of fact, what we're doing is we're starting smaller groups right now, small groups of ten, so ten entrepreneurs or ten small businesses, existing businesses, and we will take your business, we'll nurture you, we'll help you to build your business, and whether it's bookkeeping, whether it's um, uh, payroll. Uh, infrastructure development, minority or woman-owned certification, um, uh, a procurement contract readiness, bank loan readiness, any of those types of things, that's what we'll do for you and get your business ready. So when it's time for you to go to Mr. Palais for a loan, you're actually ready. And all those questions he's asking you, those three questions that he asked you before, how much you need, what do you need it for, and when are you going to pay him back? You should be able to rattle that off. So that's what Crystal and I will do for you. So you can reach us on at our social media and our, our email and website. Right. Address. We're on Facebook at uh, The Business Zone with Crystal and Gilbert. We're on Twitter, and that would be The Business Zone with an I-Z-Z-O-N-E. And we are also, um, we have a YouTube channel. You can also reach us on Recycling Black Dollars, which is rbdmedia.org. We have information there. Our website is thebusinesszone.com. And my Facebook, and Gilbert has a Facebook, and LinkedIn. There's really no way you can't reach us out there. Exactly. all Reach you out. have to do is go to your computer and put in the business zone with Crystal and Gilbert or just Crystal Mitchell on her site and Gilbert Buchanan and Sosie on his site. And you will find everything you need in order to, for us to help you grow your business. And remember, we're small business advocate. We're, we're, consult- we're professional consultants, but we're small business advocate first. So we're here advocating for you. Our job is to really elevate your performance, make sure you advance into the forefront of your market, and be able to tap into opportunities. And the website for the CDC to apply for your loan or to meet with Mr. Palais is www.cdcloans.com. That's www.cdcloans with an S, loans.com. Okay? Make sure you get that. And I want to talk to you a little bit about our Small Biz Pro as we're talking about it. Small Biz Pro, our system that helps small businesses become business ready, contract ready, and bank loan ready. Again, I'm going to give you my website. It's www.smallbizpro.net. That's smallbiz, with a Z, B-I-Z, pro.net. I want you guys all to go to that site, register for that site. When you register, you send us an email to let us know you're listening to the show, and we will give you a free subscription for life. Free subscription for life. Life. I'm smiling. <laughs> <laughs> now, now this 
this offer is only available for the next three days. So you you take advantage of this within the next three three days and mention, send us an email, mention that you're a listener of the of the business zone and you will get this for free. It's tremendous. And if you go to our Facebook page and like us and register your information, your email just, then the first 10 people that do that, I will put you on my VIP list to attend the live pitch competition uh, that is going to have um, – with uh, Mr. Damon John. So we would love to see you guys. We want you to connect with us. And next week we have a fantastic show. We actually have Vermont Slauson coming in to talk about the food and mobile retail business, which is a phenomenal way to get into business. You Low cost. Uh, they have special financing for mobile trucks and retail trucks. So you want to tune in next week to the Business Zone with Crystal and Gil. So you can find out how you can be able to jump into a business space through a mobile retail and a food truck. From 3 to 5, every Friday from 3 p.m. to 5 o'clock. And streaming live at morrismedialive.com. All right. So we're going to check out right now. We just want to make sure that you guys really had a good show. You enjoy this and uh, send us an email or, or, or text or uh, anything to that effect to let us know how this show helped you today, if it helped you at all. And uh, we're, we're really happy to have Mr. Palais here to talk a little bit about loan. So, Mr. Palais, thank I want to say so a much. few words. Thank you so much. It was thank an honor. You. I'll leave with you Earl Nightingale's definition of success, and this is for all of our listeners. I love sharing this. And what Earl Nightingale said, he said, if success is defined as the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. Finally, I leave you. If you are working toward a predetermined goal and you know where you are going, you are a success already. I love that. All right. Thank Fantastic. you. Great show. Great show. Thank, thank you. Thank, thank, thank you very so much, much, entrepreneurs, for listening. I and tell you all guess. that. Those pearls of wisdom, man. I know. <laughs> and we're checking out. I'm a humble guest. Thank you. Thank you.